Welcome, uh, listeners. We've got a, a sped-up version today of 1022. Uh, some stuff happening that we need to uh, compress things a little bit, but doesn't mean we need to compress the depth of our thoughts, does it, Will? No, no indeed. We can say deep things quickly. All right. So I will say deep things. Will will say pompous things. Uh, what we wanted to talk about is something that came up at the end of class today, um, which is, I think, a really interesting comment and in, in, has some kind of relevance for a lot of the stuff we're doing in this class, which is that, you know, both for Monday and Wednesday's lecture, we're investigating, you know, gender and the role of women in Buddhism and Hinduism. But the fact is that a lot of the texts that we have, the surviving texts that we have from these early periods of Buddhism and Hinduism are written by elite males. And so for those of us, I think this is particularly true of people who are, who are Buddhists and, or who have an affinity with Buddhism, you know, for those of us who want to look back historically or to kind of look at the egalitarian or liberatory, liberatory streaks in these, in these traditions, how can we do that when we're looking, when we're most of the time using texts uh, that have, you know, the mark of and the interests of elite males at the center. Um, do you have any thoughts on that? Well, as an elite male myself, Ben, I find <laughs> no. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the problem for me comes down to we've talked about this as you know seeing the world through other eyes. That that was yeah. a, you know a, a, that's what we're trying to do on this paper. And what do you do when those eyes are casting a very sexist, misogynist, mm. you know, chauvinist gaze on the world? And I think. Well, there's a, there's a couple of things. One is I think we we have to acknowledge that this is one view of the tradition, um, but that it isn't the only view of the tradition. Uh, but as I think Stella pointed out in the class, oftentimes it's not just that it was difficult for women to produce these texts, say, but the, the texts themselves then had to go through a, a further kind of gateway of men mostly because men held the power, deciding whether the text were going to even be preserved. Mm. So even though the, you know, the, the, the number of poems produced by Buddhist nuns would be significantly smaller than the number produced by Buddhist monks, mm. they're all the more important because uh, you know, they've made it through all those hurdles mm. and obstacles, which means that, mm. that they just couldn't be ignored. Right? Mm. I mean, there is a general principle in interpreting religious texts when mm. it doesn't obviously suit the interests of any particular group in power, the only reason why an incident or a, a text is preserved is because they just couldn't deny its That's reality. Right. So, right. um, yeah, which doesn't Marian lessen... Marian worship is a good example, right? Yeah, which yeah. Doesn't, doesn't lessen the, you know, the, 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 the fact that all of these religions were um, defined by these, these kind of power structures and continue to be. This is not just an ancient thing. No. Right? No. I mean, the attitudes towards... There is nothing really stopping uh, the monastic hierarchy in Sri Lanka, uh, in Thailand, deciding to find some creative solution to the, the break in the chain of ordination and, and allowing nuns to be fully ordained. They don't want to do it because they're giving up power by doing mm -hmm. it. And it's as simple, simple as that. And mm -hmm. as, in, as much as they may be striving for enlightenment, they're also driven by I mean, there is, noble there is motives. A, there is an even more even cynical view even of some of the uh, movements that have been successful in Sri Lanka. So I mentioned in class today that there was a, a well-known... Um, Sri Lankan monk who was basically this, the patron and sponsor of the early bhikkhuni ordinations in Sri Lanka and some people would cynically say that that, that that dude was a kind of a rebel 
from the monastic establishment himself and trying to find another way, avenue of upward mobility and visibility for himself. Mm-hmm. So there's a way in which, again, but that what that does is then that sort of slips back into um, how are women being used by men or how are their voices being kind of manipulated or... So even in those circumstances, you know, it's it, uh, it there is a kind of a slippery slope that way. I mean, are you saying that there's no access? I mean, and this this of course is something we see in in, in all genres of, of of academic study that are historical, or social, scientific, or whatever. How can the subaltern? How can the most yeah. um, uh, dominated groups, the most subjected groups? Uh, can their voice ever be heard, really? That's the, that's the big question. I mean, I think one interesting point of contrast in looking at the video today and then looking at these historic materials is, you know, what from the video today would have been preserved, you know, two or three hundred years from now? It's hard to say. Maybe mm-hmm. we'd find remains of that temple. Maybe we'd find some, I don't know what's going to happen to digital evidence. There might be some documents, but not a lot of it, right? So the, the fact of the matter is that if we look 300 years from now, the relative success of that group or even the maybe cultural influence of that group group wouldn't be represented as as accurately as it is in the present moment. So why can't we sort of think historically that way? And and one of the points I made in class today was, you know, I think one way to look for some of these voices is to read religious texts against the grain. That is, if you're reading a set of of texts that are instructing you to do something and they're saying so-and-so is bad or never do this, never brush your teeth with your left hand, they had to include that rule because people were brushing their teeth with their left hand. So you can read that text as saying, as condemning a practice, or you can read it as acknowledging the prevalence of a practice. And, and I think there are opportunities for kind of counter-hegemonic histories by reading text against the, against the grain. But that, um, that's not to say that it's a limitless exercise. You, you, there are so, boundaries. So when, when Manu says a woman should never have independence you can assume that there were some women who were being granted independence. I have to is assume. It, is, that, is that what you would argue? Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, yeah, why say it? it. What, yeah, good point. Yeah, yeah. Uh... I, I, Will is silenced. <laughs> Part of me wants to enter the podcast right here. There is no pretentious sort of anything. Uh, I feel like it's a kind of signal of victory. Uh, do you want to reflect on some of the feedback that we received from students today uh, in yes, the class? We received um... some good feedback today okay uh, we had them write down something they liked something that we should keep doing something they wished we would do, would stop doing and something they're confused about and some of the themes were one of the ones we liked was that the, i'll read this as a direct quote i actually retain the material better when you guys use each other in your examples stroke pictures of each other so please assume there will be further examples of Ben being forced into yoga poses, particularly in a class coming up a week or two from now, where Ben will be asked to demonstrate. I will, I will make sure to wear appropriately loose clothing for that class. Uh, the thing that concerned me, uh, a, a consistent theme on the negative side, was uh, people finding difficulty with long mm. readings. Um, and i, I got to say, we hear you, um, but we don't insist on you doing readings because we are sadists. I mean, we are sadists, but that's not yeah. why we insist on long We readings. save our sadism for other contexts. Yeah, for each other mostly. Uh, <laughs> but the reason we insist on reading is that we genuinely believe uh, that you can only go so far in class and that you, you need to um, engage with the material outside of class in different voices and people who are much more qualified than we are to talk about some of these things. And yeah, we know they're difficult, but we, I guess I just want to encourage you to keep, uh, keep, you know, working hard on those readings and 
Uh, we will equally keep working hard on trying to find uh, readings that are engaging. Um, I would be interested to hear how some of the students who um, the, the the text on cast, mm. um, the doctor and the saint, which is very different from the kind of material yeah. that we've, I would say, a, a much easier reading than than the one I've assigned in the past. Like, you know, I guess tell us the readings that you do find engaging, that you do find interesting, that we can um, you know look for more of those. Um, but you you got to read. It's just it's it's. It's I mean, the only way to really and, do it. And well. sometimes it's it's just a matter of letting these things sort of wash over you a little bit. Like even if you don't retain everything perfectly, um, you know, even the even the experience and the act of struggling through something, it it actually brings a lot of benefit that you're maybe not even aware of. Um, and 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 then you know when you go into the lecture, you'll find that those, there's moments of illumination that you didn't expect. But we will take on board uh, the suggestion that we do more discussion of the readings in the class. True. Um, I think we can do more of that and highlighting the stuff that's uh, we think is significant about the readings and kind of helping you to check your understanding um, of them. I mean, generally the forum for that really should be the tutorials, mm. um, but we can try and do more of it uh, uh, in class. And we can use Will and I as examples of the readings, <laughs> acting them out, maybe maybe reading out exciting sections. Um, but what other, other things that we're asked for were summary slides, which at least one of us does. Um, and some, some, something about the exam, a little more information about the exam. Uh, I gave you some sense of the structure of the exam today. We'll be definitely talking a lot more about that in the last week of class. And we also mentioned as another, this is just like the kind of pep, pep up part of the talk. Um, after next week, when we're talking about Buddhism and statecraft and Hinduism and nationalism, we have two full weeks, one each, one on yoga, one on meditation in which there will be, um, Stress relief, be calming, um, and uh, and some amusement for you. All right, that so, right that's, like that's it for today. today. All right, here goes outro time. <laughs> well, in a line club. <laughs> <laughs> Extra beatbox. <laughs> 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 <laughs>